Greetings to you, my divine dumplings of light. It is I, D. Trussell. This is my podcast, The Duncan Trussell Family Hour. And today, Shane Moss is joining us. You got to watch Shane's documentary. It's called Psychonautics, a comics exploration of psychedelics. Also, he has another podcast that he does with Ramin Nazir called Mind Under Matter. It's a comedy, science, philosophy, art podcast. You've probably already listened to it or at least heard of it. And here's what's really incredible. They are doing a camp out festival. They're having a gathering where they're going to have a private lake that you could swim in, music, wellness, science talks, stand-up comedy, podcasts, and variety shows. It's happening September 9th through the 11th with camping until, until the 12th. That's happening 20 minutes from downtown Raleigh at Lakeside Retreats. You can find out all you want to know about this by going to at MindUnderPod on Instagram. And all the links are going to be at DuncanTrussell.com. Definitely, if you're interested in that, it's going to be an incredible festival. Grab tickets. And while you're at it, if you're in San Diego, I'm going to be there week after next at the La Jolla Comedy Store. And following that, the next week, I'm going to Miami, to the Miami Improv. All those links are at DuncanTrussell.com. Just scroll down or do a Google search. Finally, if you're interested in commercial-free episodes of the DTFH and hanging out with me and the DTFH family twice a week, why don't you subscribe to us at Patreon.com forward slash DTFH. And now, everybody... Please welcome back to the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, the brilliant Shane Moss. Welcome back to the DTFH. It's good to see you, man. Great to see you, my friend. Wonderful to be back. As often happens in podcasts, you start the podcast before you officially start the podcast. Yeah. And so we're, we were just starting to talk about something that a, a subject that is like my current, I don't know. I'm sure you have this. Like I have like um, transient uh, philosophical obsessions that yeah. I like just for roll around in my head until I'm not rolling them around in my head anymore. And so my current number one fixation is the um, idea that via uh, AI replication of human personalities meeting neur neural networks that are creating like uh, uh think like you know versions of, of animated versions of human beings that are no longer like thwarted by the uncanny valley so to speak that the combination of these two technologies is going to uh create a situation where we will have the option if we want to to hang out with our dead relatives and so i've been very interested in this idea and what it's going to do to uh culture and to society because so much of our society 
is based on the finality of death. Yeah. Why not? Why not first? I I think, I think there would be an, <laughs> I think there'd be a natural inclination to want to just hang out with yourself, you know, like a virtual clone. Sure. Of yourself at first. I I mean I, I it seems it seems like there's, like like ego. I love cognitive biases. Love them. Um, and egocentrism, that's like number one. That's the first thing you're born with. You're the center yeah. of everything. And it, it, it can't be any other way. So you only have access to so much information. And a lot of that is proximity and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so, and, and that, that multiplied by the, your, your, uh, genes propensity to, um, be selected for replicating themselves and and kind of having this self-serving bias where i i think you would hang out with yourself and then you would start i think you would start making different like alternate universes of your like we we spend so much time thinking what would i would uh, what person would i be right now had i made this other decision in life what person would i be right. if i make this decision going yeah. forward yeah. and i think you like hang out with different versions of yourself for a while and then and then maybe expand from i from there i don't know i guess i guess it depends on it depends a lot on your personality because some the people like you and me we we want to meet we want to meet the most alien, uh, like, you know, like, uh, or uh, certainly I do. Like, I, I can't wait to like get to Japan where I've never been or, or go, go to like the more, most foreign different culture. Whereas other people are like never leaving my hometown. I prefer the things yeah. that, uh, that I know. And... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think what you just mentioned, that's just one of the many, uh, mind fucks that's right around the corner is you know that possibility also speaking of cognitive bias i would like to point out that immediately when we started the podcast somebody started <laughs> sawing and I, I like and and truly like i like, i just heard it all, all morning silence birds chirping like just just a perfect wonderful silence and and again like i know it's cognitive bias but i have noticed when you start recording immediately yeah. as though like an, a, a secret alarm in whatever simulator we are in it was triggered someone will start leaf blowing sawing oh yeah always of like course. within of seconds of it though like you know what i mean like if i just sat and i'm like i'm going to make a saw sound appear it would never happen yeah. i'm like yeah. all right finally got the fucking podcast equipment working again <laughs> hit record <laughs> on cue almost anyway of course. my apologies for people listening uh the the so it's barely noticeable this is just one of the many like uh impending cultural issues that we're about to face like yeah you want to hang out with a version of yourself you want to populate your little patch of the metaverse with uh digital replicants of yourself with you know even modulating their personalities according to whatever mood you happen to be in maybe you could do what there were i'm currently doing with this incredible mid-journey uh text to art bot yeah which is right. you you don't just say um uh, make me a like i just i just had it create a 
Ouija board that ghosts would use to communicate with people. A minute and the coolest looking fucking Ouija board appears on your screen. But yeah. if I wanted to, I could say, do it in the style of MC Escher. Do it in the style of Picasso, Monet. In a minute, it's like Monet created a Ouija board for beings on the other side to communicate with us. So theoretically, and this is all obviously very theoretical, you could say, create a version of me. But if I was half John Wayne, or if I was half Clint Eastwood, what would I be yeah. like? Or if my parents had been in the Illuminati, what would I be like? Or if instead of deciding to do comedy, I'd become a therapist or something. And then, woof, there you are from some yeah. neural analysis of infinite personalities that it's absorbed by siphoning through Facebook and all the places where we've been casually depositing the deepest, most intimate aspects of ourself. It just yeah. fabricates that personality and yeah. animates whatever version of yourself you want it to be. And there you are sitting with yourself from a different life. And, and clearly I'm, I'm wrong in like the, the, the propensity for cloning as I think about it more because we have opportunities in these video games to create avatars and things and people are rarely trying to fine tune a perfect replica of themselves. They're like, I want to be a ball of tits. What would that be like? Yeah. Or whatever and roll around the world in this way. And it, spoiler alert, that it, that life is you'll be popular and messy a ball of tits, ball of tits. Yeah. covered in jizz you can eat that's what you use to climb up the walls yeah. sticky cum just all the cum just... you gather it up in a flesh receptacle and then you spray it out it's get oh no it's getting away it's <laughs> don't come on it please stop jerking off on the fucking thing that's how it goes up the walls <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it it is. It's uh, we. I I go back and forth with this stuff because there there's so many things are so trendy too, and and it goes like throughout evolutionary time. There's been uh, because so much of what's in us is this ability to do difficult things and advertise that we can do a difficult thing. So through history the ability to make the perfect bowl oh my gosh the perfect symmetrical bowl and sure you decorate it and everything else but you know this this isn't just a it, you you start with any old shell or whatever that you can scoop up water from or make something in and then you refine it and you make it better and better and better and then and then eventually uh, the industrial revolution can just press these things perfectly symmetrical go. out of this stainless steel. And now no one gives a shit about your perfect symmetrical bowl because that thing costs a nickel. Now people go back and now they want the heart, uh, the hand carved. They want to see every, every little bit of, uh, you know, little tiny mistake that had been made. And that's yeah. what makes it feel real. And I wonder with like mid journey, it is so cool uh, but uh, like i work with ramin nazer every week uh, we have our show mind under matter uh each week we make a whole episode on a theme uh we just did one on primates and one on social media or whatever and 
And I typically, or probably 50, 60% of the time, I come up with the initial idea, seed of the idea for the episode piece. Ramin's a great artist. He makes yeah. an episode for a, a, a piece for every episode. But my ideas are so out there and complicated. And then Ramin takes all that and like scrubs away the messiness and makes this simple perfect and it's like oh that's so much better than what my idea was so maybe the next step is in mid-journey is they take your idea and they're like yeah we just have a better idea than that like we see what you're getting at yeah <laughs> you know but yeah. we have a better idea than yeah that. well i mean again to, to get back to egocentricity and, and identity uh you know part of being a person is like you think you're good at something and and generally, like part of being good at something is you feel like you kind of earned it. You know, you yeah. spent so much time learning how to make the bowl, the drawing, whatever it may be. And then the, your particular life circumstances, you know, create whatever it is that is you, the thing where you're like, ah, oh, that's clearly a Shane Moss joke or a Ramin drawing or this or that. And, and so there's a lot of ego attached right. to it and also it gives you this like ability to have some kind of like superiority in a sense like you know what i mean like i can play piano now i learned i spent years and years and years learning and it doesn't matter if you want to play piano you're not going to be able to unless you yeah. spend all those years to get to the point where you can play piano and then you have piano pride but that yeah that oh it's 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 it, it's more than likely going to go away. It'll be cool that you self-train versus neural download or whatever the fucking thing, or it'll be cool that you're not wearing the gloves that control your hands, that make you a perfect pianist or whatever the fucking thing it, it may be, but it's still not going to be quite as powerful and special as like when you go and see, God, once we went to see this pianist, Emmanuel Axe, I think is his name. You watch his fingers fly across the keyboard friends just drink anytime you hear the fucking saw it'll turn it into a drinking game you watch his fingers <laughs> fly across the keyboard and and, and it's like almost a, a mystical experience you're like my god yeah. humans can do this it's incredible but once you know technology creeps into that sector of art or music and it'll be cool it'll be quaint but it's just not i don't think it's gonna be quite quite as like uh, powerful A tremendous thank you to Athletic Greens for supporting this episode of the DTFH. I started taking Athletic Greens because I am not a vitamin person. I just don't have the discipline to assemble all the various vitamins that I don't know some of your vitamin pals have in Ziploc bags or even worse in those weird dispenser cases they give people in homes. I'm not going to do that. I'm too undisciplined for it. I need something that's easy and has all the vitamins that I need. 
That's Athletic Greens. With Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. Also, it tastes really good. And honestly, I don't really know what an adaptogen is. I don't really care. All I know is immediately after drinking this stuff, I feel better. I feel good. It's like my body is singing praises to, my, to, the, to the unfortunate head part that doesn't have the discipline to eat good food all the time. Athletic Greens takes care of all of that for me. Even better, it costs less than three dollars a day it supports better sleep quality and recovery and aside from my own testimonial you can find seven thousand five star reviews at the athletic greens website this stuff is glorious and these days you definitely need to be investing in your health arming your immune system with convenient daily nutrition to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Duncan. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Duncan to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks, Athletic Greens. Have you ever heard of the Ikea effect? No, I have not. Let me tell you about it. So uh, there's, so I'm doing this Mind Under Matter comedy festival in Raleigh, 20 minutes from downtown, September 9th through 11th. It's uh, it's a physical manifestation of uh, Ramin and I's podcast, Mind Under Matter. And so we have music and stand-up comedy in a different area and a wellness area. And one of the areas is science talks. And so I'm booking all these scientists, the research triangle here and everything. And my biggest scientist and one of one of the biggest, uh, like, he's a multi three, three New York Times bestselling author, like, you know, zillion um, views, TED Talk views, all that is this really interesting guy, Dan Ariely, who has the most amazing backstory that I could tell you about, too. But but um he, he one of his books is uh is about motivation and the ikea effect is is a study where you have people um uh, you have people come in and um make a uh um uh oh what 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 are the what are the paper uh swan um origami oh, oh yeah you, you have them you give them instructions to make origami and they make these like origami swans or whatever else. And then um, and then afterward, you know, they get paid some amount. And afterwards, they either need to keep that there or they can buy their origami to take home with them. And and they also offer um, origami made by some of the people to the public to buy in. No one in the public wants to buy their right. dumb origami, but people will will pay like everything that they earned in that study to get their origami. And also, wait, they make them buy them so they they make the origami 
Didn't they make them pay for the origami they made? They're like, if you wanted to take this home with you, you have to pay, um, like, you know, whatever for it. And they'll see how much they'll pay for their right. origami. And, right. and, uh, and, and, um, or they'll ask them how much they'll pay for it and things. And, and then in, in one of the conditions, they, they give bad instructions. Like they, they give, like they miss a lot of steps that the instructions are too broad. Uh, you know, there, there's like sophisticated enough instructions that anyone can make origami. And then, you know, like loose instructions where it's difficult and the more difficult that thing was was to make even if it looks crappier um they by a long shot will pay a lot more money because of the pride of making that origami right. thing right and they'll they'll have things like that they'll also they'll also in related studies um they'll have people um they'll have people make things like that or make things out of legos or whatever and and then you know pay them and then like well like well okay we paid you like five dollars or whatever to make that lego thing do you want to make another one for like 450 and people are like yeah I'll, what the hell i'll make another one and I, hey do you want to make another one for like four dollars or whatever and and you know, it gets low enough where people are like, ah, I got other things to do. Yeah. But people enjoy the act of making these Legos and everything. But then there's a condition where as soon as you're done making the Lego thing, they just break it all apart and put it back in the bin. <laughs> and people hate that. Right. They they have no interest because it's going, they call it the Sisyphean condition. Right. <laughs> because you did all that for, for nothing. For what? For nothing. <laughs> What'd you do it for? Yeah, see, this is like, you know, this is where 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 time gets interesting, right? It's like these, uh, whatever the thing you're making is, or the the thing that you think has value, a lot of that value is this perception that it's like some kind of container for time, like held within the item itself. That's a really lovely and interesting way of articulating it's like it. Yeah. It's a time vessel. And yeah. so the, yeah. the, you know, this, this is like a, and it go, and it also goes into like, you take anything that, uh, when it first comes up, whatever, it's just a thing, a fork, a table, a hundred years later, it's an antique. That thing's been around for a hundred years. That matter and it has retained its form for a hundred years. And now, even though a hundred years before someone looked at it and was like, that's just some shitty fucking table. A hundred years yeah. later, it's this on antique roadshow. Oh my God, <laughs> this is a classic garbage table from the 1910s. It's now worth 50 it times whatever. So yeah, it's that. I, it's time. It's yeah. the value. It's the it's the illusion that we can somehow capture time within symbols, and that that and it's the same with Bitcoin. Like the value of Bitcoin theoretically was attached to the amount of time it takes to mine each Bitcoin and the energy that goes into that amount of time, creating this false perception of value. You know, if Bitcoin yeah. you could spit one out every three seconds, valueless. The fact that it takes processors running for hours, days, I don't know how, how fucking long it is now. So that at one point was giving it this sense of, oh my God, that's real value there. That's real value. 
Yeah, and there's and there's social buzz from it and fear of missing out that that was was kind of going on with that and then and then status things when certain people tell you to get this certain thing and they've done well off of it. But then also my brother's a computer programmer and there there's there's a way in which computer programmers themselves can advertise to one another on uh, within crypto platforms where they can kind of it's like a job application for them in a way because they're able to like innovate in this new space. Right. I don't know any anything about any sure. of this. Yeah, yeah, obviously there's more value to it than just the time sink. But, but the time right. sink is a component of the value. And yeah. so uh this is this is one of the uh ways that technology is, you know, currently like really disrupting an entire industry. Um because like the neural art uh, cre networks that are creating these these like in, like now increasingly are apparently Dolly too is like photorealistic people photorealism photorealism that you just tell it to make and obviously we're just a few I don't know how many leaps forward with Moore's law uh, away from being like okay now animate it show me you know. Um, Gaddafi tap dancing while juggling uh, that heads of the gods and right. blah, a minute. There it is. Oh, cool. Now put that in my fucking little room in the metaverse and I'm going to sit and I want Gaddafi to do a show for me in the style of William Shakespeare, but make it kind of like The Shining. Boom. There you go. No more going through Amazon looking for the movie that you're hoping will like scratch the itch. Now you tell yeah. it to make the fucking movie and it just does it. So this is coming. People, I don't even know why people are arguing about this point. This is for sure fucking coming. When you sit and watch a text art thing generate a really nice bit of art in less than a fucking minute, less than a minute, and you are witnessing what Terrence McKenna was talking about which is the amount of time between what you want and its appearance in the universe is shrinking down. And with the yeah. eradication of that time sink, we were going to have an absolute transformation of what we consider value in our society. And that is going to be catastrophic for a lot of different industries, all of them eventually. Yeah, I mean, I still, so I think a lot of, a lot of they kind of evolved what we what we look for will still um you know it's a, it's an arms race between um between forgery and counterfeiting and making things that are forgery proof and 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 i i think you're still i mean there are there are a few things that are there's going to be like like one of my favorite um, that I that I think is I wish more people knew about is it's very simple anyone knows it when they hear it but the fundamental attribution bias which is which is that when something good happens to you it's because you earned it when when something good happens to another person they got lucky when something bad happens to you bum luck when something bad happens to another person well, they they earned that in some way. They did something wrong. They didn't work hard enough, or also known as drugs or whatever. Fool's bias. 
That's yeah. like the, the it, that's the idiot think. That's an idiot. That's idiot thinking, right? Generally, I mean, like if you uh, we all we all do it. But I mean, you know, you can't. Yeah, at least yeah. I can't run away. Like anytime I find myself sitting in the fucking crater of of some uh, event, you know, it, I could generally like maybe try to convince myself that i'm sitting in that crater out of sheer bad luck and so i mean i think sometimes that does happen you know people are on airplanes that crash you know and and they weren't flying them they just wanted a seat on an airplane but in general the the catastrophes i've experienced in my life even though yeah maybe it might seem like some random event on paper if i spend the slightest amount of time thinking about it it's like i definitely brought this on myself Definitely. Yeah. So I, yeah. I feel like I like I don't you think like that's a bias you should really work on. That, no. You know what I mean? Because otherwise you're gonna be a bitter motherfucker for sure. You're gonna Well, it's it's worse than that because because you it, it lends to like really tragic judgment and laws and things like that. And it, it there's this there's this uh, like uh it it kind of combines with this just world bias that we have, which is that it's very self-protective because um, lack of control and lack of predictability are the two biggest stressors in, in the world. Yeah. Those are very important things for any any mammal, any species, really. And and so to for your consciousness to kind of arrive at this idea that this is a just world, and if you just if you just work hard and do the right things you will benefit from it and so therefore those people it's it's self-protective where it's like well if if uh if some woman was assaulted she was probably wearing too short of a dress or she was asking for that's not going to happen to my wife my daughter something like that they behave in in the oh, proper right, way right it's like some kind of inoculation against the chaos yeah. factor like you want which to leads to all this victim blaming which creates more victims and less like care for them and 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 lets a lot of abusers off the hook and things well and yeah like the general like it's like you know i i have to say i have noticed in my own life and it's anecdotal but i have noticed in other people's lives too the people who like really work hard like actually work hard it's so boring. In fact, I consider it to be one of the more annoying realities in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the people who, who tend to work really hard do seem to have, in general, better luck. Like people who work really hard, they do For seem sure. to have like, uh, and it, without I mean, a doubt, without a doubt. Otherwise, I'd have a six pack, man. Otherwise, I'd be fucking ripped right now. I mean, I'm just like, you got to work out over time. And then you and then you get in shape it sucks i mean it really there's does a suck. lot of different domains though and some of that's coming from ocd some of that's coming from their own anxieties and fear and and also some of that's coming from in terms of a six-pack uh, losing weight phys physical physical strength is something that is so easy to see whereas like creativity like what are we evaluating here you know it's so like does someone have a six-pack or not i can see that is someone a genius or not i don't even know what that means the, right. the word is such well, a well the idea of genius door. yeah that's a, i think that's one of the many it's a great way to procrastinate 
is you you pretend there's some genius thing and that there probably is i don't know but you know it's just nuts because like all the people i call genius they they're fucking workaholics you know what i mean yeah. they don't stop working they're always working and working and working they're always like not in a now not in a healthy way necessarily like many of them i've noticed seem to have like a an obsessive quality where they they once they latch onto a thing they're not letting yeah. go they're just going to keep but that over time produces that the final product that people see and they're like you're a fucking genius it's like yeah. well I, you should see the earlier drafts go yeah, back and look yeah. and call me a genius go back and look at this bullshit two months ago when this joke was just some garbage i'd scrawled into my fucking notebook and then yeah watch it I, bomb and bomb and bomb until it finally yeah. grew into its own thing and then and then worked you know that's a little bit of the um god jesus it's one of elliot's i'm sorry to quote elliot smith some line in elliot's an elliot smith song goes the game looks easy that's why it sells you know so it's like yeah well there's a lot of first off there's a lot of survivorship bias because there's a lot of people that work their ass off and are incredibly intelligent and and won't go anywhere with that you you will increase your odds certainly with with having you know they might not break into the industry so. they're trying to break into but you run yeah. into like you know like uh, run into somebody who let's say loves shakespeare puts on shakespeare in the park in some little town is obsessed with Shakespeare, constantly reading Shakespeare, working. You watch them do a Shakespearean fucking monologue, and they're good, way better than you. I, yeah, by yeah. the by, like the standard of showbiz, are they did, did they like succeed in the way that I don't know? Uh, um, Daniel Day Lewis succeeded. No, maybe not. Not everyone will rise to the top of any given industry, but. The hard work did produce this kind of yeah ability that was not i wouldn't call it luck otherwise people now there are stories i've heard sure. pisses me off the fucking head injury thing somebody gets hit in the head sustains a head injury wakes up the next day they can play piano have they, you have you have you seen the documentary Marilyn call um no. they they made a movie about it with uh steve carell um guy got beat up in a bar fight and uh i i wouldn't say that he became a savant by any means but, but what but what happened was in part of his recovery they're trying to train his fine motor skills and we're like giving him things to paint and they'd give him like little models you know like little action figures and stuff that he started painting and then he started painting them and then he started putting together these uh these like elaborate scenes he had complete amnesia he had no idea who he was he would read journals of his of his like past self uh and be like i don't identify with this person like who was this person i don't think i even like this person and um hmm. and he wow. and so he started he started putting together these scenes with all these models and things that he was painting these little figures of and a lot of it was like it'd be a bar scene and he would be a u.s troop saving the ladies from bad guys and stuff and it was like 
genius, but also like a brain damagey kind of. Yeah, genius. right. It's a very simple kind of storylines and thinking in, in some regards. And he's taking pictures of this stuff and he doesn't know how to work a camera. He has to send the film and then he gets it delivered and they'd come out out of focus. He'd set it all up again and reshoot it. I know. And I, I now I've seen this. I know what you're talking about. It's like yeah. outsider art. Like it, it's something yeah. about the brain injury like yeah. opened up a part of himself that was obviously like way under the surface. And you can inhibit parts of the brain. I, I think my guess is that, that it would have to do with prefrontal cortex. I've, I've read about it in the past, but I, I can't, um, Vyas Ramachandran does some work like this. Um, if people are curious that he has a lot of good books out there. Uh, Telltale brain is one, but, um, you can inhibit parts of, uh, uh brain with, with, with just electromagnetic um, this and that. I don't know how those things work. But you can inhibit parts of the brain, and suddenly, if you ask people, an average person to draw a horse, they'll draw like, you know, what you would expect a normal person to draw a horse, you know, like something your your kid would put on a fridge or something like that. But if you inhibit this part of the brain, they just draw a perfect, yeah, amazing right horse right because our brains are always competing for certain energy in a lot of ways and and as far as genius goes i've never really thought of genius as a person i've thought about it as a connection of a moment of a of an experience like i, I feel like i've experienced moments of genius and i feel like people that we consider uh, geniuses are people that are like really great at collecting those moments mm. um you know yeah yeah, and, all, and really great at, like, you know, uh, all forms of editing. Much thanks to Herb Stomp for supporting this episode of the DTFH. It's the only place where you can grab top quality kratom, kava, blue lotus, along with hundreds of ethnobotanicals and herbal remedies. They've got everything you could possibly need. You want aloe vera powder? They've got it. Burdock root, it's there for you. The sacred blue lotus flower, you can find it at Herb Stop. Herb Stop has been sourcing only the purest ethnobotanicals for over 10 years. Herb Stop remains a top choice for strange and hard to find herbs. Customers love their lightning speed nationwide shipping, friendly attitude, and rigorously sourced products. Every batch of premium Kratom is tested with precise detail to ensure the highest quality with every purchase. Capsules and extracts are available. You can stop by one of their Portland, Oregon retail stores or shop online at herbstomp.com. That's H-E-R-B stomp.com. Don't forget, you can now get 15% off your next order of Kratom when you use the coupon code DUNK15. That's no spaces, DUNK15, D-U-N-C-15, when you check out at herbstomp.com. Free shipping for orders over $100. So for all my pagans, shamans, Wiccans and people who just love excellent Kratom, do me a favor. Pay them a visit 
reward them for rolling the dice on the DTFH. Herb Stomp, America's most trusted Kratom. Thank you, Herb Stomp. I feel like I've experienced moments of genius. And I feel like people that we consider uh, geniuses are people that are like really great at collecting those moments, mm. um, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and really great at like, you know, uh, all forms of editing, even, uh, even, even sell, you know, what you're talking about, even finding ways to like edit out or put on hold whatever the particular like part of yourself that has taken on the task of censorship of, you know, of, of this is how we do it. That's not how you do it. This is how you do it. All those habits, somehow being able to just forget all that and then start again, brand new, but it's not new because you're, you've been working on it. I mean, you, that's the thing. It's like, especially in art, man, but probably in all things arts, you know, art is like, What's crazier than when you sit down in front of a blank fucking piece of paper and you and, and you want to put something on that piece of paper? You know, that's the crazy. No, thank you. Yeah, no thanks. It's the void. You know, you're sitting there for yeah. the void. You want to put yeah. something down. And and yeah. there's so many reasons not to start. And, right. and a lot of them are good reasons. You're going to get rejected. It's going to, for sure, it's going to suck. And whatever fantasy you had about, you know, some, some like, uh, your own personal genius, whatever, yeah. like scam you've been playing on yourself. Yeah. You, you, you can't scam yourself anymore when you're going back and reading the shit that you wrote and you're like, my God, it's like, this is pure garbage all yeah. the way through. This is the Lego, what's it called? The Sisyphus thing. This is like, yeah, Lego's yeah. got to go back in the fucking box. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, and then yeah, you have to take yeah. them out again and build it again and then put them back in the fucking box and take them out, put them again. And it might not, you know what? Maybe nothing will ever come. Maybe there will never be a moment where you're like, this is publishable or whatever. Who knows? That's part of the horror, isn't it? That's part yeah. of the horror. Is it, Yeah, perhaps this is all for naught. Nothing will come. But all that being said, in my time on the planet trying to make shit, I have noticed the more I work at it, the better I get at it. Oh, without a doubt. I play pickleball like crazy. I haven't play, been playing pickleball this summer. And I went and played recently. And it was the first time in some time that I was the weak link on the court. You know, this is just like classic. This is... How practice works. This is how how the brain works. Well, yeah, because um, isn't practice just like the, the practice? Like I have these synthesizers, and I love them because they use this like weird technology uh, that if you want to upgrade some of them, you actually plug a CV cable in, and it makes mm -hmm. noises into the fucking thing that it interprets as uh, code. And it and it that's how it like rewrites the the firmware. It's the weirdest shit ever. Uh, it's archaic compared to the way you do it with a computer. It's archaic, or like in the old days when you would, they would have these tapes. 
that you could like record your computer programs into. And it took time to record the programs into the fucking tape. Like you had to, it wasn't like you just instantly download this shit and it, and it upgrades your software. It took time, the amount of time it takes, the, I guess the spools of tape to record the code uh, to, to overwrite or whatever the fuck it's doing. So it's like humans, we're analog. And the way we program ourselves is through repetition. And mm -hmm. it is truly not the most efficient way of programming anything. Like, imagine if that's how you, how you got your, your upgraded your OS for Mac was like the fucking thing had to run infinite arrays of varying operating systems as it evolved learning its mistakes and then fixing them and then going back and patching that and then going back and it, it would take take as long as it takes for us to learn another language or something like that so this repetitive thing that we call practice it's programming right it's the yeah. way humans program themselves is this analog archaic way of getting habits hardwired into our neurons so that it goes from being um an unnatural feeling to just being completely effortless normal easy you don't even think about it you know and, not and only that but it's been a four billion year process of of of, of fine tuning all, all yeah. the, through uh, all sorts of species that look like they're doing something genius where it's just an instinct or whatever else and and how do you differentiate and what is intelligence anyway and then and then we we arrive and humans in particular have this robust amount of of cultural transmission that very few other things do that much like primates like um crows and which i know you're a fan of and fan. and uh they, they they have have some pretty clear cultural transmission and it seems like it can uh it, it can catalyze uh learning and so so we just arrive here with with not just all of this um everything that our genes have already shaped over all of this amount of time and all the environmental pressures that have have shaped culture and our genes but then we just have all of the, these weird cultural transmissions and then we just we're just born into this like wait what 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 happened how how am i here how how yeah. am i getting to experience this it's right so strange right and and we've got this problem because the, the, it's like basically okay so let's go back to the pot the pottery example some yeah. point there's just a bunch of wet fucking clay and yeah. you could shape it and any kid is gonna like that i think across like cultures and time it's fun to stick your hands in gooey clay so fuck, you could take this stuff out of a river, your water source, there's this gooey shit that you can take out, you can make stuff. And if you leave it in the sun, what do you know? It's not gooey anymore, it maintains its form, but it's brittle, it breaks apart. Shit, what happens if I make it hotter? Holy shit, the hotter you get it, the more the form seems to uh, hold. But yeah. there's shit you can mix in with it too that like changes the quality of it. Anyway, the point is, you know, the human lifespan is only so long. Yeah. And the exploration, the discovery of these methods that we now all take for fucking granted, 
they they've taken generations to to get to the point where you're like you just go on Amazon, order a kiln, get some clay, look at a yeah. YouTube video. You you could start. You're Seth Rogen. You're pumping out fucking pottery. All of a sudden, there's no uh, apprenticeship. There's no all the secrets and craft secrets and all that stuff. You just you just make it. It yeah. was never like that. You had to fucking find someone with a kiln, a master to teach you all that stuff. And and so the amount of time it's taking now to learn these things is decrease is decreasing. And and I guess what I'm saying is mm-hmm. the precipice we are teetering on right now as a species is it's not time travel in the sense that I don't know if we're really going to open wormholes that people from the future are going to come through. It's more like if you if you do, that's that's. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Cut me off. But what one thing I I love thinking about that because that's part of that's part of the idea of oh now we're going to go on a tangent. I can feel it. But anyhow, part part of part of the idea of like why don't we have time travelers why aren't we like populated with it's like well you need you need to first create the wormhole and then in the future through um through the stream of time they need to connect that wormhole right and that always to me struck me as the funniest thing like that was one of stephen hawking's explanation for why we don't have time travelers yet um, because it's it's time travels like physically possible uh, potentially within the laws of physics as we know it and and the but the idea is is if you're tinkering with this thing you're sitting in your garage like i'm gonna create the first wormhole and you're tinkering and you're missing and you're missing and you're missing and then the moment you get that wormhole that means that's the po- point in time that every any future thing would arrive back on so the second you like got that bolt in the right location some future thing would just pop out of it yeah instantaneous yeah it's like turning on like all future things (laughs) turn on a fucking sink that aliens start spraying out of and you wouldn't even if you were in the future you wouldn't throw yourself in first either you would you would throw in some like trivial thing first but to us making the thing you would think like this was some message yeah you know this was something you know if you throw their version of whatever a rat or a mosquito is or whatever you'd be like this is this is what the pinnacle of life evolved into. Yeah. That that was that was just the little test rodent that they threw in. You there. wouldn't know? Who the fuck knows? You don't know. <laughs> I mean that that's the other thing is it's like shit. You don't know how many alien civilizations figured this stuff out long long ago. You don't even know mm. if your impulse to build the damn wormhole is your own inspiration or is just you being manipulated by some civilization that figured out a way to get those ideas into your head so that you could create right. a, a a new interstate leading to planet earth there's really no telling when you open that fucking thing um but you know if we are going to get to that point theoretically at least one thing i would guess a kind of lubricant that is going to get us closer to the ability to open up these theoretical modes of uh transportation which einstein has 
that they say, oh yeah, it is possible. It could happen. Is It's going to happen because either we have enhanced ourselves with some genetic, uh, some, some way of altering our genes so that we have a, a higher functioning brains or more likely because we have started to collaborate with an artificial intelligence that is going to help us do that. Regardless, before we get to the wormhole representing this fold in time and space or a way to faster travel faster than the speed of light, mm -hmm. if I had to guess, we're going to start to experience, for lack of a better word, temporal distortions. We're going to start to experience the subjective folding in of time. And, and to me, what that looks like is the amount of time between now and when whatever the thing is you want to want to bring in the world or you want to become, it's going to get less and less and less. Time mm -hmm. starts changing, warping, shifting compared to the way it used to be. That's clearly what we're witnessing here. I mean, this is what's happening right now. It's like we are watching a complete shift in the way that we experience time in the way that, yeah. that that we like and and you know there's obviously capitalism and time are inextricably wound up in each other it's what we call the minimum wage right that's how many dollars or whatever the fucking currency is we think one hour of effort is worth that's the exchange rate so mm. what you know that hour whatever that hour may be once that starts going away, what is the value? What what is like how do we pay you now? How do we pay you when you know you're just telling a machine to make a thing instead of you making it yourself? How does value even work anymore at that point? I don't know. Yeah. I I mean I so I did a lot of factory work in my in my early life and um and you know, I saw firsthand of like this this it, i can kind of tell you predictably how people will re react is they'll blame the mexicans <laughs> that's that's what pe like every time some new machine comes in that makes everything a lot better and like more efficient uh rather than like blaming the robot or whatever people people will probably blame some outside group or something like that for for their uh feeling of a, a diminished of uh, self self-worth and wait and I think wait what do you mean do like with... we're working at a factory where we've been packaging i don't know baseball cards and yeah. suddenly a robot appears that packages the baseball cards 50 times faster than we ever could for 90 percent less money how are we like ah these fucking mexicans and their robots i i think i think it's i think it's uh well i what i'm saying is rather than like blaming blaming the inevitable um the inevitable march of technology that we are still these human social animals with all of these in and out group biases and stuff. And it's, it's easy to try to take out your own failings on some other group. The unions, like fucking unions. You guys wanted on. more, you wanted more money. I now could, look, that was the craziest thing. The union talk. I couldn't believe it. They, they would, I would, I'd work at Ashley furniture in Arcadia, Wisconsin, where people were making like, I don't know, between 15, um, 
20 bucks an hour or something like that generally um uh this is i don't know nearly about 20 years ago and the amount of complaining that they would do about the unions in detroit that were can you believe they're making 35 40 dollars an hour these unions right. are horrible like you don't want to be making 30 you don't want to be making twice what you are right you're yeah. blaming the union right. yeah. for your life circumstance yeah and and so so that and and i don't mean to make anything political other than to express that i think that human nature is still going to come through not not human nature the the it, I, I think evolution will still have this propensity for creating these preferences for selecting things that are uh that are difficult and and when it comes to what is it mid-journey mid-journey so when it comes to mid-journey which is fantastic and i love it but it's also new we also might get like pretty used to that in a hurry and and things uh things that like for example like a lot of a lot of how fashion trends evolve is wealthy people figure out this very absurdly difficult way of making something that can't be copied and so then you wear your like uh you, you know like um diamond this and that super rubber thing that yeah. like and then and then as soon as every rich person um figures out this new thing that costs a fortune and like poor people can't this is just signaling i can afford more things than other people can and then poor everyone else just figures out how to copy that and make knockoffs so then they got to start again right and figure it all out again because there was there was nothing inherently valuable about that garment ever other than it showed the amount of work that was put into it and if you look at things like what's trending on instagram um right now which i love follow mind under pod at instagram we, we have the best editor in the world and it's frustrating for me because our editor makes stuff that's like tv like movie quality highlight clips of our of our stuff and when i when i'm in my weakest points and and want to like vent my jealousy about why does this person have this or that one of the things and i'm also amused by it is like most people making these TikTok videos and stuff they're using it's like the most clunky editing they're like they they don't hide that the, you're in fact you're in front of like a a smooth green screen right now it's like a joke that they're in front of like a bad green yeah. it's like this like tim and eric kind of effect or or whatever where it's like anyone can kind of do this or whatever but it grabs the eye because it's different and it's editing that like a 10 year old could do and and so that's like popular right now even though it's not nearly as impressive as what's what mid-journey is putting out oh my god and yeah. that will get old but it here's would... here's what you just said though that a editing a fucking 10 year old could do do you recall the mid 90s when people like if you just wanted to edit anything if you oh, wanted yeah. to make anything the amount of money you had to spend on that editing equipment that you got to build a special oh. computer you got to get you know the the you have to get a hacked version of what was everyone using final cut 
pro, you know, you got to like, and then maybe you, you would be able to run the fucking thing and God save you when you try to export your five minute video and it's going to take all night to get that thing exported. That's what I'm talking about. The fact that now we are just casually saying a nine year old could edit that shit when it was all, what, two decades ago, 20 years ago, barely any time at all. You couldn't edit, if you wanted to fucking make, like if a comic made anything on video, it was already impressive, you know? Yeah. It's already like, holy shit, you made that? I mean, you got a camera? Who yeah, edited yeah. that for you? Yeah. We had flip phones, you know what I, I got, mean? I got, I got 8,000, when I caught my breaks in like 2007, I immediately got this deal. I had never written a sketch in my life and I got a deal with this company, Super Deluxe. They gave me oh, yeah. $16,000 for two two minute wow. videos that I had to like wow. make myself that was so much worse than what what like I'll I'll go on Instagram after this and there'll be 10 people that made that just today right. like they do every day on their phone <laughs> it looks like you know. Kubrick fucking shot it you know like if you had if you had brought to Super Deluxe just a run-of-the-mill Instagram sketch, and they would be like, we only gave you $16,000. <laughs> yeah, You're not yeah, supposed yeah. to spend your own money for this. Well, what, <laughs> what did you do? You know, yeah, yeah. The, the, that, man, that is the... And then what goes along with that is that all those people, the video editors, the people who had access to Final Cut Pro and a computer now that you would just take shits on if you had it. Those people, they were the wizards. And those yeah. were the people, that's why 16,000 fucking dollars, because the quotes they would give you to make this stuff weren't just based on their ability to use the technology, it was that they had the technology, that they, yeah. and you didn't. And, and so because of that, they could charge whatever they wanted for it, whatever the market was uh, for in those days, you know? They were backlogged because yeah. they had this shit. Now, that that industry, the 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 editor, obviously, it still exists, but not like it used to. Yeah. Not like it used to. Similarly, the graphic artist, the graphic artist, man. If I want to get like a a cool T-shirt made, you know, I you know, like I'm I'm I have to license that or pay somebody to make the shirt, and I'm gonna keep doing that. But man, I gotta tell you. Some of these mid-journey things that it's spitting out within seconds. I'm looking at that thinking, that's a pretty good shirt. That's yeah, a pretty, yeah, pretty good shirt. That's a really good shirt. I don't have to, I could give it. Until everyone has it though. That's what I'm saying. And then, and then, and then you go like, oh, look, Christopher Nolan and Quentin Tarantino just shot that whole movie on film. Can you believe they shot wow. that whole thing on film? Who cares? Who would do that? Who cares? And... You know, you're you're sitting in front of future Amazon and you're like, hey, can you make a movie that looks like Christopher Nolan and Quentin Tarantino shot the whole thing on film? <laughs> like 15 <laughs> minutes later, it's better than the movie yeah. that Quentin Tarantino and Christopher Nolan shot on film. So, so you know what I mean? So it's like, 
but yeah, people I, still want st- people still show off their record collections to this day sure uh, there there's just there's just like there's a there's a lot within our personality that we want to advertise as well so so certainly people that are like advertising uh their openness and potentially intellect or or something or or their ability to accrue resources certainly they're they're going to like look at how fast i can just whip up these ideas or whatever and there's also going to be people that i think that there's still going to be people like look at all of the like paleo fantasy that's happened over the last like 20 years or whatever where i i'd go into crossfit and they're like well you got to do overhead squats because clearly our ancestors were like squatting in this weird way to lift an outrageous amount of weight over their head in the most peculiar fashion and that's how they built things like no no they weren't but people gravitated to that idea like of this like naturalist kind of idea i don't know i go I I I I think you may be a little more of a futurist than I am. Certainly, I think you probably are. And and Ramin's Ramin is like more of the futurist in our relationship. I I tend to be more of like the naturalist. You know, I love animal behavior and learning about crows and whatever other goddamn thing. Um, but uh, I I I just think that there's like there's it it's it's such a um, it's just such an arms race constantly that even as the technology evolves, it's still like, well, you know how I'm going to outdo all of your editing? I'm going to work on this um, this trick shot where I uh, drive a golf ball amazingly with one arm and then swing back around and hit a baseball home run and i recorded myself doing that a thousand times people like oh that's really hard to do you know i have a bunch of no shane they're not gonna go that's really hard to do they're gonna go wow that's a really convincing deep fake and you're gonna have to be like no no that's me no i swear to god that's really me oh really i'm sure you really did that okay no you want me to believe you did that okay you did it well come and watch me maybe then maybe like people there'll be a thing where i don't know people people like in the like are like wow i saw it live he did this incredible trick shot it's super cute kind of like when you go to like civil war reenactments or whatever (laughs) (laughs) i I, 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 uh, I mean i I mean uh, let me look that's an unenhanced human who was able to do that cute trick (laughs) shot well of of course of course but like what is that's that's now you're getting into very complicated ideas of what is good like what is but like one of the you know evolution's my main thing that i study and one of the hardest things that you have to catch yourself from doing is assigning direction to evolution assigning intention and also uh, assigning better or worse i'm not assigning better or worse i'm prognosticating a a future where if like if we are going to like assign labels to better or worse uh, you know i would say disruptive and non-disruptive like you know like my okay we have this awesome inflatable pool that we got at target that we were using for the kids oh i've seen them they fucking love it 
But yeah. guess what happened? Bees. Bees. It's a, there's a there's a drought right now in Austin. Bees suddenly they're like, holy shit! There's this incredible flower that's got all the water we will ever need for the whole summer. And so whatever way bees like, you know, have a bee map in their bee brain, literally you could see a highway of bees just flying down to the pool, flying away with the water. The bees, they're not thinking. This isn't like the old ways when we would drink out of puddles oh, I agree and stone. With you. They just want the fucking water. And so I think what's going to drive this stuff, though, there will be nostalgic, you know, like there's still people who like to go to uh, uh, silent movies and they think it's cool. Someone plays ragtime while they watch some old silent movie and they sit back and it's like they, they wear like suits and they watch it and they're like, wow, this is what it used to be like. But I think the the reality of it is that or just judging my own consumerist tendencies i just want shit i want it right away i don't want to wait yeah. for it i gotta wait for fucking god the new god of war it's coming out it's painful i don't even want to know video games that i'm into are coming six months or eight months down the line because now i have to experience this like anxiety as i'm like come on just fucking hurry up i want to play this now the only reason I'm having to wait for the game to come is because humans are making it and humans are slow and humans are imperfect and humans, they just take time to make something good. And I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure it's going to get to the point where we don't have to wait anymore like that. You could go ahead, have your corporation, make your fucking video games and your movies or whatever, but there's going to be a whole, most of us, we're just going to be sitting back in our in entertainment domes in the metaverse or wherever, completely lost in a never ending flow of mm -hmm. collaborative entertainment and sense gratification. And that collaboration is just going to be between, be between us and the machine. And it's gonna like, not just like, it's gonna be like, oh, okay, I get it. That's kind of a cool idea for a movie. You want The Shining, but also Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And you want it to be porn. And you're in defeat. But I think I know something else that you might be into. And then it adds some other I forgot here. I liked ice cream. I forgot about ice cream. Put ice cream in there too. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, to me, that, that marks a, um, that, that, that marks a kind of apoc an apocalypse for mm. our, a cultural apocalypse for our species. That is, it's, you know, I'm not saying two years, five years probably 10, if I had to bet, 10, maybe eight, all the normal shit aside, like if we don't blow ourselves up and the planet doesn't like melt. Mm -hmm. Today's episode was supported by 
Lumi Labs, the creators of my favorite gummies, micro dose gummies. These things are perfect. They dialed it in. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. If you're somebody who loves edibles like I do, you probably know that thing that happens every once in a while where for whatever reason, the dose you decided to take happened to be 50 times stronger than you expected. This transforms your walk, your morning walk with your dog into a combination of Apocalypse Now and Cujo. No fun! But microdose gummies, they, I don't know, they're just the perfect dose. They're incredible. Even better, it's legal. They're available nationwide wide i fly with them they help me sleep my brother-in-law eats them like popcorn we love microdose gummies to learn more about microdosing thc go to microdose.com and use code duncan to get free shipping and 30 percent off your first order links can be found at duncantrussell.com but again that's microdose.com code duncan Place these glorious dots of pure, blissful power on your sweet, soft, glistening tongue. You will be so happy that you did. They taste great, but most importantly, they feel amazing. And I use them when I want to chill out, when I'm flying, or honestly, you know me, pretty much all day long. Microdose gummies are great. Again, it's microdose.com, code Duncan. You can find all the links at duncantrussell.com in the show description. Thank you, Microdose Gummies. So, yeah, I'm... I have to say that I'm very much rooting for your, uh, for your uh, VR sex bot. We are all in our own action movie apocalypse because the apocalypse concerns that I have are like <laughs> slower and drearier and lots of like losing nature and lots of. Uh, life being clumped together into small spaces and spreading yes. more disease and that sort of thing but you're absolutely right with like what what do we do with and how do we how do we make the leap to like some sort of universal basic income thing or something like that because i i, I don't i don't see i don't see any reason why in this apocalypse why the the robots aren't just feeding us and we aren't hooked into tubes or 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 whatever else, and we get to experience whatever dream state that that we want, and can pull out of it if if we want to, and and that's I'm hoping that maybe like there will be these black swan events with the are people familiar with that the term like a black swan I'm event not. is it it's it's just a metaphor of of like for the longest time um, they. Uh, um, there was only white swans, you know, oh, that's right. all people knew. And then they arrive at some area and then turns out, what do you know? There's a black swan. So, so, um, and now you need to account for that. And so there's, uh, that, that got used as, as these metaphors for these kind of 
predictable, you know, the the unknown unknowns out there. And speaking of movies and, and speed, one of the things that came out of um, the pandemic was like now something comes out in the theater and you can stream it like yeah. either the same time or a week or a couple right. weeks after. And like, I don't know what replications that will have for the it's movie fucked industry, up the movie. but it's I love fucked it. Up cinema. I mean, it's fucked up theaters because it's like, yeah. you know, the whole scam was, you know, this is no motherfucker. You want to watch the thing? You can wait six months, a year for it to come out on HBO. But in the meantime, you're going to come to our greasy theater where you can't bring food in. You're going to sit in chairs with like kids kicking the back of your chair. And yeah. you're going to watch the movie with your species. It's a communal event. And that was fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're going to eat overpriced fucking popcorn. And, and not, not because you want to. But because it's the only choice you have, that's your fucking choice. You got to come. You got to do that. They had us by the balls, and and now, but now to compete with that, you're in Austin. Have you been to the original Alamo Draft House uh, in in Austin? No, but I uh, love going uh, to movies. I still like being with my species, eating overpriced popcorn, and like listening to people yell out in shock or like I, the last damn right right before the pandemic, uh, the movie my wife and I went to see Frozen two at one of those mm -hmm. ipic theaters where you can recline they bring you booze and it was so That's... cool because at one point a kid yells out what happened to olaf <laughs> like you know those <laughs> moments are irreplaceable yeah you know? yeah 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 that is, that's beautiful and, and 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 that's but you said in the theater where you have to recline and stuff like that that's that's what they've had to do to adapt. They've had yes. to like, oh, actually, they don't. People don't like it when there's a zillion kids kicking the back of your seat and stuff. And like Alamo Drafthouse, for for example, does does even better than that. This podcast uh, is sponsored by Alamo Drafthouse. Um, ah. They they have they have like this incredible beer menu um, and pretty like find enough food and comfortable chairs and everything in a little table in front of you and stuff this isn't unheard of but they're and another thing that they do on top of that is they you show up an hour early and they splice together at least when i lived in austin they they added this um this element where so i went to see the movie inception and before any of their movies they just go through and find random b-roll stuff of like Here's here's Leon Leonardo DiCaprio in his early commercial acting gigs when he is like nine years old. Here's this clip cool. from from um, the the mattress that eats people or whatever. It was all like sleep themed and some That's of the cool. various things that the actors had been in. And you arrive early and they put together this thing and it's it you know so it's like it's just. It's just competent. You, you know, you're mentioning capital uh, capitalism, and it, I, I, I'm wary of how much uh, I'd praise capitalism, but but decentral uh, decentralizing um, economies was was certainly exceptionally useful in in many regards, and 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 competition, and and not having to like, sorry, we own the monopoly. This is how movies are, and we have. We never have to improve upon this. Is is something that that is uh, impedes um, yeah. 
a better life for all of us. Yeah, for sure. That's right. And you know, and the other cool thing about the what what technology does is it's like now people who maybe can't afford to go to fancy ass fucking theaters with the montage in the front can like watch movies at their house with yeah. lots of their friends over and have you know it's not the same but at least they get to watch the damn movie i mean it's certainly in that way it's like favors people who maybe couldn't afford doing that sort of thing you know and that is again it's an it's another <clears throat> example of where it, you know technology actually does become uh really wonderful for like various income brackets you know it becomes suddenly like look yeah maybe you can't afford to go to the beach maybe but you know what i can't afford to do shane i can't afford to go to mars but you yeah. can have they have these vr experiences now where you can like look around mars like as though you were standing right there yeah. so to me these are all the 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 beautiful things that that it, it, it's giving us and again i love your idea of like what fuck even assigning good or bad to any of this you know like mm. you know like in a lot of ways ex you know if we're gonna like create a value system based on the uh keeping the earth's environment the way it has been for the majority of human civilization mm. then i think you could say the majority of things humans do are pretty bad. I mean, you could even go full Charles Manson, who recommended as a, which I obviously wouldn't. I feel dumb that I have to say that following what Charles Manson, but his recommendation is if you want to save the planet, why are you letting yourself stay alive? You know what I mean? Like, true, if you want to go hardcore with the fucking thing, then, then, you know, it, it comes down to like, well, and again, I'm not saying therefore fucking throw barrels of oil all over your yard or whatever, whatever. I'm just saying mm -hmm. humanity as a whole in our desire to gratify our senses, we are simultaneously fucking up the, the planet for a lot of other species and creatures. I mean, this is and for us, <laughs> which is like, I think probably what I care about the most, honestly. I mean, Earth is a rock. Earth is going to be just fine. Like, it, 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 we can it, we can do our best to screw it up in any way uh, possible. But we we are going to screw things up for ourselves uh, a great deal. And for and for like, I mean, there's there's just so much that we learn about biodiversity. Um, See, this all is of the time. This that, brings me to the point I wanted to talk about up front with you. And yeah. I think the closest example I could think of in the natural world for the technological disruptions in route are the introduction of alien species to biomes that they're not supposed to be in and how that just wreaks havoc on like, you know, like you bring uh, some plant from Asia, drop it off in Georgia. This has never happened before. This this is something very unique. So so when when people that are um people that i tend to gravitate toward that that are you know have have a little more of like a organic naturalist um kind of outlook on things um i would say i would say i probably have more friends like that than yeah than not in a lot of ways but i, I would say a, a big a big bias is in in thinking like 
oh, well, such and such is natural. And uh, th this is like disease or whatever. This is the way that it's always been. I'm like, oh, no, actually, this isn't. This is the first time ever in four and a half billion years of life that a virus or a giant Asian hornet or some carp or something like that could make its way in 12 hours yeah. all the way yeah. around the globe yeah. and usually uh, be completely trivial and mean and probably just die itself and not do anything but sometimes arrive in in a very favorable environment in an environment that has no net, uh, that has no evolved defenses for it that have been shaped through a slow arms race over millions of years right. and just rips through everything it's probably what you i mean there was a time when there's 50 humans on earth and humans struggled for a long time and um and then we just figured enough stuff out through cultural transmissions and whatever else that we just started man wreaking through havoc and, and and along the way it never had that much of an impact because there was always land to spread to but we were just so amazing so good yeah. with it I, I mean it's probably why we have we have so many um myths about crows and and things like this is because crows like the same sort of habitat that humans made open open space trees yeah um to perch from and they also got like a lot of our leftovers and they're one of the they're one of the most adaptable they they do they do peculiar things that usually only only primates do but but there that being said like there there was this opportunity for these generalist opportunistic species to just spread all over the place and we just kept on having this enormous earth to spread around and now right we are out of space so now take the uh, that same idea introduction of alien species to biomes where they have like severe advantages and create incredible imbalance and imagine like i don't know the concept of like cultural biomes imagine these cultural uh realms that have for as far as we're aware, millennia just been a, a natural facet of our existence. For me, primarily, that is death. Death is a, a an unchanging reality across the board. As far as I'm aware, there's never been a time where humans didn't die. And, you know, and the problem of death obviously is really a problem of the living like the dead like, you don't have shit to worry about you're dead <laughs> right, you know what right, i mean right, but we gotta right. bury your body what the fuck you were my best friend now you're fucking gone what the fuck am i gonna do i gotta come up with explanations for why you died is it my fault that you died were the gods angry at you and from and and, and also like the death ritual itself is like if you look at the varying ways that cultures deal with dead bodies and you have any understanding of grief, then you know that really what you're looking at is a person who went crazy from grief and it caught mm. on. You know what I mean? Like, like when you're seeing the cultures that exhume their uh, ancestors' bodies, wash them and rebury them, 
this obviously is not if you're gonna say like how do we deal with a, with a, like grief you know what i mean you're not gonna be like ah oh, here's what you do go dig up your your rel go dig up your grandmother every five years and then rebury her but at some point somebody was so broken hearted yeah they're like i just can't deal with thinking about Mima down there without a nice bath i'm gonna dig her up and did whoever that person was didn't have good enough friends to be like you know what i don't know that she really needs to worry about hygiene right now maybe we should go drunk go get drunk and the same in our culture too you know the death rituals we're gonna put them in a fucking uh <clears throat> a, a, a weather a, a, a vacuum sealed casket with nice cushions in it or whatever no this is a grief reaction that caught on and then became monetized so what what i'm saying is the 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 this aspect of human existence is a result of the permanent reality of death this is why we have clairvoyance this yeah. is this is why we have grief counselors this is why people will go sit in front of a a, a, a monument above the rotting corpse of their loved one and have long conversations they'll bring food sandwiches leave bottles of wine so you go to a graveyard you're going to find little cloth bags that have watches and magical implements buried in it because they think there's some magic that can come from the relationship between the item and the field of death all of these reactions to the permanence of death once you're dead once you lose whoever you're not going to talk to them again i'm sorry you're not you might find someone who's like really good at like saying oh no i'm communing with them now you might try seances you might try a psychedelic reunification or perhaps in your dreams you meet them again and you'll never forget that dream i've had it myself but you're sometimes not... they age in the dreams too that's it's the curious it's curious thing. and who knows maybe who knows but but this is the thing that's really freaking me out right now is i know for sure it's already happening lambda the google fucking ai chatbot that is causing all the controversy right now can replicate personalities and holy shit google's got all of your uh if you've been using google search or if you have gmail or if you most of us have a google phone all of your shit recorded 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 and so all i'm saying is it's just a matter of time it's just a matter of time before yeah we will instead of going through the grieving process going insane losing our shit and coming to terms with mortality as it is we won't have to go through it in the same way because our loved ones replicated online using these incredible neural AI networks are going to come and hang out with us. And it's mm -hmm. going to be convincing, man. It's not going to be, it's going to seem real. It's going to seem, look, if, if like grieving parents can be uh, comforted by synthetic replicas of their babies to the point where they feel like 
the same feeling almost of holding their child. If yeah. you know what I mean? If like grieving people can go into the rooms of their loved ones that they haven't cleaned out and have a sense of communion with just inanimate objects. What the fuck when you can go into VR space and sit down with a perfect replica of the personality of the person you lost? What is that going to do to us culturally? What the fuck is that going to do? Even if you never do it, you're still going to have to deal with, well, if I wanted to, I could go into that new Google death room and sit down and talk to my husband who passed away a few months ago. I love everywhere that you're going with this. I, th I think this is, these are these are really strong ideas of, of, of worthy of all of the exploration that you've been doing. Uh, I mean, the the permanence of death is something that is clearly is clearly, uh, is, is clearly very old. And it, so I had so here's something really interesting. There was this um, another guy. Shameless plug for my Mind Under Matter comedy festival. Uh, sorry, Camp Out Festival. It has a whole bunch of things going on. I, I have this uh, in Raleigh, September 9th through 11th. Can it be a guy... Camp Out comedy festival? What, you can't say comedy festival and Camp Out festival at the same time? We just never landed on a good name for it. But yeah, sure, comedy festival as well. At first, we weren't going to have stand-up. And then I had enough of my stand-up friends that were already coming. I was like, I guess we'll do a stand-up stage That's cool. as well. It just built over time. Um, but I have this guy, Stephen Churchill, a paleontologist, who basically hit the lottery twice in terms of like, if you're a paleontologist, like this just, things like this don't happen. There in the uh, some colleagues in the in the African and the the, the uh, cradle of life it's called it's where like the origins of humanity where where humans first started and then populated and then started spreading from there. Um, there were a lot of Homo erectus and stuff and and he he found two ancestral cousins or was a part of finding two like national geographic did this whole huge thing on them and stuff but um he's going to be bringing fossils and stuff to the festival and showing people cool. all this but here's the thing it's, it's relevant to what we're saying one one of the one of the ancestral so normally if you're doing like paleontology archaeology or whatever you're you're trying to you're in a some space and you're trying to come through some new bones or whatever to find some ancestral cousin of ours you are digging through a million like antelope bones and like rabbit right. bones or like whatever else to like hope for a tooth right of some primate and they found this it was actually like the son of one of the paleontologists or something was a big caver and squirmed their way through some crazy space and went down like a hundred feet found a species that hadn't been discovered before they they know from uh, from dna encoding that like they're like oh here's some things that we must have been fucking around this time here's like this other right. species that, yeah i got <laughs> you, you. Know, like neanderthals and stuff and they they found this 
and this homeowner Tully, and they were like, they they looked at all of the and just really well preserved bones, nothing else there, nearly impossible to get there, and they have relatively small. They were pretty small brained Homo erectus, and and the the only way that they could get in here so many of these things is if there was some sort of death ritual and uh, that happened and but in the seems very like really impressive you know like wow they had all of these rituals but but it doesn't necessarily need to be that complicated sometimes if you like your some sort of primate and your best friend dies next to you you don't want to sit around and watch its eyes get fucking clawed out by yeah. everything around and and what's really protective about about uh th this idea of like getting to meet people and everything is in and the rituals that come along with it is is consciousness really kicks in with the unknown where where we're gaps like what's that like well we don't know what it's like to die we'll never know until it's too late and and that's where consciousness really like has all of its fun yeah <laughs> you know yeah. that's where consciousness runs wild and and so like clearly they were having some and this was like millions of years ago. Yeah, man. Some like pretty unsophisticated species that didn't have really much in the way of tool use or anything else seemingly were doing these uh these really interesting death rituals. And and so yeah, I, I think we I think we will have stuff like that. But the other thing with what you were saying is like I'm gonna miss my grandma when she's dead, but I'm also going to miss specific versions of my grandma. There are versions right. of my grandma that I'm not going to miss. Exactly. And so what do you what do you like ask the machine for the version of the grandma that you want and stuff? And then if you do that, is it even them? <laughs> you, oh you yeah. Know? Exactly. I mean I mean and and also like how do you deal with the fact that your fucking grandma is now owned by a corporation? Like, how do you deal with the fact that your grandma is now housed <laughs> in this Google servers? You know what I mean? I Can want my grandma to be owned by Pepsi or something. Call me old fashioned. Yeah, yeah. I want my I want my grandma to be owned by Pepsi instead of these like newfangled companies out there. Yeah, exactly. And what? In like, like, is there a way to control access to your grandmother? You know what I mean? What if other people like your grandmother more than their grandmother and they want to go into that particular room and hang out with her? What, what I'll tell you my grandma. There you go. Now you can like what like lease access to your grandmother to other people. I mean, I'm telling you, man, this is coming. And in and while we're all freaked out over all the things that, you know, naturally we should be freaked out about culturally. We are about to run in to a technological fucking iceberg that is just going to, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Again, we're, I'm not assigning good or bad, but what, what it, what it runs into for me is like, let, let's imagine everything is data, right? Like just what you're saying, like, let's imagine the mud 
that your friends are, are squirming through to find the tooth or the skull or the fragment or whatever, let's think of that as a very primitive hard drive within which lots of data sets have been recorded, are there held yeah. in, in this very like um, uh, fragmented, fucked up way that requires incredible amounts of effort to unfold, unpack and, and like piece together. So we say, okay, this is what the thing looked like. This is probably what it was genetically. Maybe even you could understand from the way its uh, body looked like its behavior patterns. You can you can find a you can find a tooth, and from that tooth you can infer diet, and 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 if if you find a like potential male and female tooth, then you can infer sexual dimorphism, uh, different uh, differing body size and characteristics between male and female which then you can infer from that mating patterns of how polyamorous or monogamous this species was. Uh, was there like an alpha that impregnated everyone? And then from that, you can also tell just from knowing what they eat. Okay, tooth shape means they probably ate a lot of berries or they ate a lot of vegetation. Well, if they ate a lot of vegetarian uh, vegetation, they're probably fairly like docile um, and uh, yeah. not not uh, and and didn't compete a lot because there's vegetation everywhere. If they ate berries, they, well, there's only so many berries around, so they were probably a territorial um, type species that was right. more violent. You're inferring that from one tooth. From one tooth. And now we have. All of the records of everything that it's for, we're saying. It's, it's, it's archaeological forensics. I mean, like, look, like, I love forensic files. Look at, like, you know, God forbid you fucking kill somebody and drop one tiny little pubic hair. Or God forbid what whatever was in that environment gets onto your fucking clothes. <laughs> I, I, like, I like that the worst part of killing a person to you is dropping a pubic hair there. Yeah, I suppose it's getting Shave caught. down, the... baby. Go get waxed <laughs> if you're murdering. <laughs> yeah. So 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 and that won't even work. But 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 so data are the human yeah. ability now to take tiny tiny little bits of matter and from that build an entire reality that is true is incredible and it this is now follow me on this one because it's really fucking weird this is where it gets really weird in my thinking okay that you know everyone's to me one of the real hilarious things online right now is critiques of the James Webb telescope. Have you seen this shit? There's people- I haven't actually, I've been staying away from the James Webb stuff well, actually. Well, the James Webb fucking telescope is, I mean, aside from the fact that we've managed to get a telescope outside the moon, that is like bringing in image, the most incredible images you've ever seen, and also can scan uh, giant planets and tell you how much water molecules are in the fucking atmosphere of the goddamn thing and aside from like the way uh, global consciousness shifts whenever we get new views of the universe and all that stuff there are butthurt people on the internet who are like it's still basically just hubble we spent all that money for that give me a fucking break we could have used that it's the most hilarious thing that people are mad about one of the most incredible things that, that humanity has yeah. pulled off now, 
this fucking thing, like I said, it can detect water molecules in the fucking environment. And just in the same way, um, <clears throat> you can extrapolate from a tooth. You you just differentiate the light coming off of a planet or a star, and, and from and from analyzing the spectrum, you can see what minerals and all right things are on it. Now yeah. follow me on this one. So then James Webb iteration nine. Mm -hmm. Imagine just being able to scan our own planet with this fucking thing, but it doesn't just scan molecules in the atmosphere the way light's reacting somehow it gets down into the dirt and now instead of having to um dig around in the dirt to try to find the tooth it just x-rays the planet differentiates <laughs> the uh bones from the rest of everything else puts those bones in some database you're like oh there's forty thousand squirrel bones that uh, and it fucking dates the things, dates the fucking things without having to do the carbon date. Now, Im imagine that. So now what, what, what's happening is instead of having to physically get the data set from the mud, the scanning device instantly gets the data set from the mud, runs all the rational, logical things that uh, anthropologists and archaeologists do through a neural network. So now it's not just showing you the squirrel bones. It's showing you this is what the squirrels look like. This is what the people look like. Here's probably how they acted in a 3D recreation of that environment during that time. Now what we've done is not quite time travel because the fucking thing scans a massive exoplanet and instead of saying there's water in the atmosphere, it's like, oh yeah, we found bones. We found organic life. We've recreated the organic life using a neural network and actually we can animate that shit just based on like a theory of how life probably works. Now mm -hmm. we've got a fucking time machine. We have taken, cause the, the, the light radiating off of those planets, those planets are long gone, man, long gone. But from some- But you know how much gravity was there. You know what minerals were there. And you know, the, in, in your idea, you're knowing what, what, uh, what potential bones and how old they were there. And uh, like from, yeah, and, and then you can simulate all of let, that. And add a few links that we don't have yet. And these are truly the bro science what if-ism that I'm about to do here. But imagine that data isn't just like left in bones it isn't just left in fabric it isn't just left in this or that imagine it's in some quantum level the behavior patterns the personalities the the the, the identities of the beings that inhabited any fucking planet there's residual traces of these things that can be uh recreated and in that recreation uh they might even take on some sentience or something like that. Meaning that if you're alive, and even if you'd lived before the internet and Google recorded all your data in the way it currently has, depending on how data decays and depending on technologies that might not exist yet, there is some possibility that whether you like it or not, some future civilization is going to resurrect your fucking ass based on some quantum residue that you left behind during your time piddling around on whatever planet you happen to have been existing on. Meaning, death itself, death itself 
is like there might be non-consensual alien fucking resurrections of yeah. of of life whoa, on various whoa, whoa. I was not <laughs> that handsome. <laughs> what what are you doing, aliens? Yeah, man. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's, no, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. That, that's what I. That, that's what my 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 joke is implying. That like it it would be funny that that they you know would would probably be off the mark on a few things as oh, yeah. as well. And so like yeah, like now now you're also I definitely had a much bigger dick. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a mistake. Let me talk to head alien. What the yeah. fuck is this, bro? What the fuck is this? Yeah. So 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 to to me it's like, you know, the as above so below principle. We're yeah. we're already there's already people chatbotting with like grainy low res versions of their their loved ones it's already happening it's just gonna get better and better and better so if we're already doing it if we're already doing it now just with our shitty little technology that we've got on this like fucking planet we're eating alive if it hasn't happened somewhere else yet it probably will it mm -hmm. probably will meaning that if you are data if you are matter and you're sentient, bad fucking news, bad news or good news, depending on how scared you are of death, this concept that you're not gonna keep doing this shit over and over again, that you're not gonna get replicated, and in that replication, some sentient version of you is gonna appear. In fact, the argument could be that's what we're experiencing. In a very fun cage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a super fun cage. I want the cage where they figured out like the early cages were like pretty hard on the things. No cage. Uh, like we need to they need we need to put like more toys in the cage. Just the planet. Just replicate the planet. Re like mm -hmm. all you do is digitally replicate the planet, populate it with artificial intelligence, simulated uh versions of the beings that existed on that planet at whatever time period you want to uh simulate and there you go they don't even know they're in a fucking cage they didn't even yeah. know that they're like in a in a in a server somewhere they just think they're doing a fucking podcast mm -hmm. you know plugging an awesome comedy camp out they don't realize that for whatever reason some alien architect 15 quadrillion to the nine trillionth powers in the future decided to take this particular temporal sample of earth time and replicate it in a in a computer to see yeah what were they like what did they do let's just watch them and see what they do see what they were like just to learn just to know that could be us that could be this it could be and you'd want it and you'd want it to be I, I would think it, you know it, it's 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 tough to suppose because intelligence is a tricky thing to articulate. We don't really know what it is, and our intelligence means a lot of different. We we tend to like give other animals our IQ tests and then be like, look at this stupid dog. <laughs> but a do yeah, a dogs smelling way better than you and creating a sense of space based on what's it smells. Enslaving you, you via are. your compassion. Yeah, but um, but there's uh oh. What was my train of thought? 
um intelligence the varieties it, of intelligence the yeah um uh, i i mean i i think that certainly if like whatever comes after science as we know it kind of continues this model of just working with the best models that you have and taking the best alternative to make the best future predictions and to make things falsifiable and and um and uh replicatable um and i i think that that the most non-evasive approach is it seems to be like that you know when they wanted to study crows they would like put uh little little bands on their legs like they do with most birds yeah they just put a little bird a band on their leg most birds they go off now they just have a band on their leg yeah. for life you do that to a crow you just made an enemy for life <laughs> it recognizes your face it yeah. tells all of its friends they're really good at communicating and you have a murder of crows coming after you every day when you leave yeah. campus from there on yep. out and so it it certainly and that's fucking up your data big time uh if not your life yeah <laughs> but, and, and so of course why why wouldn't you try to do something in the least invasive uh way possible and also we're yeah. talking about dead civilizations i mean it's like the <clears throat> the the you know anything that the james webb telescope is picking up especially like massive fucking planets that light is really old like the odds yeah. are pretty good that that fucking planet whatever it, if it even is there anymore it's a completely different planet so it's like the thing that you are observing obviously is 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 from the distant ancient past especially the james webb telescope it's getting back real close to the big bang so it's like you know i don't know the name for this this is like uh the the infuriating uh thought experiment that you know anyone who's like into arguing over free will or whatever likes to bring up which is like if we are talking about like if we are talking about a predictable way that energy moves into time space you know what i mean like in other words like if i'm mm -hmm. a if i'm a uh, uh an engineer or if i'm like uh somebody who i don't know who like uh, makes explosions for a living you know what I mean? I have to know precisely how that explosion is going to work. The, right. and otherwise, I'm fucked. It's dangerous, right? So yeah. even something as chaotic as an explosion, if we can control enough of the variables, we can fairly accurately predict how that fucking thing is going to explode and interact with the things around it. The, in other words, if we had the observation, te the technology to map out the moment whatever that we're calling the big bang was what whenever matter explodes out in its and its time and space then we should be able from that to predict the next that. and the next and then obviously if we can predict then we can do the reverse and say well if it if it was that then it was that and if it was that and it was that this is how you produce simulations and so yeah. that's what i'm saying man this is the 
this is to me that I don't know. This all came to me. <laughs> this all came to me when I was on nitrous oxide at the fucking dentist. I'm high as a fucking Dude, kite. Dude, you're so lucky. My <laughs> nitrous oxide experience is like five minutes of the squirreliest shit. Or not five minutes. Five seconds, sorry, of the squirreliest shit I've ever experienced in my decades of psychedelic use and then being like Dude, this oh, is why what you was that only you, you had an idea come to you yeah that you were able to articulate and make use of that's terrific this... i mean you could have arrived at the this this thought pattern through a, a lot of other ways but to do it in a chair on nitrous. Shame. Why would, you could have read books instead, but this is a way better way. To listen, man, go to. This is why whenever you're going to the dentist, always go to one that has always, nitrous oxide. Always. And then when yeah. you go to the dentist, tell them you're, you know, you, you're a little nervous. Ask for the gas. They'll give it to you. They make money off of it. But then, it's, this is a very important key, key part of going to the nitrous dentist is you got to have the guts to be like, you know, I don't feel anything. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, you yeah, got to yeah. get them to oh, turn yeah, that yeah, shit yeah, on yeah. high uh, until things are going, that. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. when you can get the downloads about whatever the stoner bullshit is I'm talking about. Certainly it wasn't coming from like a canister or whatever. No, those yeah. the only epiphany I get from those nitrous canisters is I want more nitrous. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, yeah, no. I, Oliver Sacks has a book in uh, the Mind's Eye. That's uh, that uh, he 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 was a exceptionally famous neuroscientist that did a a lot of psychedelics in his youth. And his last trip was breaking into his brother's dental lab. I, I think it was his brother's dental lab and hooking himself up to the nitrous and turning it up and no one was there to turn it down. Mm -mm -mm. And he said he saw all of the wars that had ever happened. Yeah. In, yeah. in history and all these things. Yeah. And then he never did another thing again. His brother's um, an asshole. That guy's brother's a dick. You should be able to say to your brother, hey, man, do you mind if I go get high in your fucking office tonight? Yeah, yeah. Not only that, but this is actually, it's actually a, a, a serious impediment in in the the health of our populations is that people have uh, anxieties about dentistry. And there are actual dentists out there that uh, that are like we provide nitrous here so you don't have to worry you do nitrous and it's totally you're not going to be anxious while you're on oh no you're nitrous not. it'll be fine no you're not i've been interviewed on nitrous before it's uh, yeah you'll be totally fine okay now shane this leads to the last part of this long podcast and thank you for giving me so much of your time oh thank you speak like you know, there are all forms of madness that appear in the world. Oh, my goodness. But yeah. what greater madness than when a comedian is so nuts that they decide to put on a fucking festival? Yeah. Holy shit. This is crazy to me that you're doing this. I mean, from what I've heard, yeah. like, putting on a fe it's like putting on a festival is really really difficult organizationally like there's so many aspects of it that are it's terrifying it's a gamble 
What yeah. do you do? What the fuck are you doing out there in Raleigh? Well, I've been experiencing some anxiety lately, but mostly it's been, uh, it's just a wonderful drop uh, opportunity that dropped into my lap. Vermeen and I, we did this, um, so we have a lot of, because it's just him and I on each episode, we have a bunch of dumb inside jokes, like, you know, like you and Johnny, when you, you guys get together yeah. and everything. And, um, and so one of them is we, we tried to, uh, uh, we often talk about the, Austra we have some Australian listeners and so every time one writes in, we like do an Australian accent and try to bring the, Aust like, I don't know if you've been to Australia. I have. But they're always like, too easy, no worries. Nice. And like, how can we apply that to life? All of like getting those dumb monkeys off your back and stuff and like just reframing it. Like the worst problems is I got too easy. Terezi. Um, I can't terrible. even do the accent. It always goes into some shitty Cockney uh, British. Me too. It means the Terezi. accent person. And, and that's very good. And so on 222 of 2022 this year, we did this International Mind Under Matter Day because we're always doing all this dumb world building. We put it out there that we were like, oh, wouldn't it be fun for one of the years to do to like celebrate, to put together some festival with all these artists. Cause Ramin makes like meta art about making art and stuff. So we have a lot of artist followers and get them all together. And then one of our biggest Patreon supporters, uh, and we are also going on about how much we like yurts. And one of our biggest Patreon supporters is like, guys, I have a yurt retreat. I just started cool. doing festivals. Is this guy Soup Williamson with uh, Life is Art Studios? What he does for a living is mostly lighting, but um, but concert equipment rental. But he also flies out and like he's doing the lighting in Red Rocks in a couple of weeks and stuff. And so he has like in projection mapping and stuff. So it's not only is it a beautiful space, but it has way cooler production than anything as intimate as this should have and so i looked into it and then i came in may and i was like oh this actually needs to be bigger than what i originally realized to pull off what i want because he was underselling his property and it's absolutely amazing and huge and epic and so i moved to raleigh immediately um to pull off the mind under matter comedy uh camp out festival and so we have a main stage it, it's it's all around a lake and then there's a huge camping field and an artist row between it with a bunch of artists is it a swimming lake place. yeah absolutely paddle boards we're gonna have 16 paddle boards there you can learn to paddle board as well if you haven't as well and then there's a main stage with a bunch of bands and then when you walk around it then there's a wellness area with the sauna and ice baths and yoga classes then you keep on walking a and sauna yeah have you ever seen those like big barrel sauna They're incredible things yeah the so it has one of those um then if you keep walking then across from the music stage on the little peninsula there's uh science talks all through the day and then you keep going to the far end of the lake we're putting stand-up comedy so people need to like walk to get you know rather than the we get it room. shane yeah we get it we get what you think about us compared to scientists no you're it's, putting it's, the fucking comics way off in the mud 
It is it is what I'm doing. And you know why? Why? Because it's papered room versus paid room. Like comedy is the worst thing that you can just meander into. You want them to earn it with a hike. Attention. You have to hike to comedy. You have to be there. You have to have an intention. That's cool. You have to be paying attention. And then uh, and then there's a shenanigans area where there's like pig roasting and, and lawn games and stuff like that. And uh, we have a lot of crazy stuff. Here's we're dressing it all up with Ramin's art. Whoa, Here's cool, one of man. Ramin's pieces. So we're we're taking all of Ramin's art, making life size pieces out of it, and dressing up the space with it, and having a bunch of. What artists. is that made out of? Wood. That's that is like a sort of paperish thing that I need to now go and like roto zip plywood around okay. and use an adhesive so that it can. Shane be... just showed me this awesome giant beautiful figure that is from Ramin's art it looks super cool so those are going to yeah, be all yeah. over the place all over the place yeah does yeah. every is it camping or like every there's yurts for everybody or how does that work no there's only six yurts um and there is there's a huge camping field there is space for rvs and we just got electricity added on on a case by case basis in the field. There's electricity everywhere else, but there wasn't in the field. What about showers? This? Oh yeah, there's outdoor showers and stuff. Yeah. And um a ton of porta potties and stuff around. There's um there is uh there's it's three hundred and fifty acres to give what? you an idea. And so it's I was nervous when I first talked with the guy because I just looked at the area around the lake and I was like, oh, I don't know how many people could be there. And then I showed up in May and I was like, oh, this is where you were telling me people could camp. And I was like, oh, I don't know if that many people could camp there. I didn't realize that was one of many fields. There's like a mile and a half of fields before getting to the camping area it's have you considered that this will never end and that it'll just turn into some kind of commune or something that's that's we've always, yeah we've talked about that like, but especially when i found out how much yurts were yeah um ramin ramin's already joking about how like we're because we were talking one day i was like I don't know if, we, if I got like a bunch of yurts for the team because we have a I have an assistant that I've had for years and then we have a great editor and then and then Ramin I'm like do you think we could live together and in, in yurts would that be possible and uh and Ramin was joking around about how that that like eventually 20 years from now is becomes a big city and people are like do you know do you know that Mumtown started as a podcast <laughs> <laughs> and i was like don't joke about that Ramin you know i'll start making it happen because that's just the sort of person that i am and he's like i know that's why the mum spaceship is going to be so great you never know a spaceship could show up. I've always thought if spaceships are going to show up, it's going to be at great festivals. Never happens, but I'm also we usually have, pretty high at festivals. We do have some pretty cool stuff that we aren't putting on the map or telling anyone about that's going to be a surprise. Um, and so we have a lot of inside jokes for people that familiarize themselves with the podcast, but also like that's not necessary at all. Where it's could people get tickets for this? Anyone mindunderpod.com not only that 
but if you're one of the first um there's there's a select number of tickets that have uh vip access so if you're listening to this there's still a few of those left it's it'll be kind of clear on the site and that we have like a few different events that only you'll have access to so shane check that out that's cool that sounds like it's gonna be real fun and lots of stories are gonna come from that it's gonna be ridiculous we have so many ridiculous things planned every every day of my life for two months now has been sending a lot of emails all day about like you know porta potty like boring stuff like figuring out the adulty side of it and then at night i just sit around by a campfire and i think of the silliest possible things that I could possibly do, and we are going to knock it out of the park. That's for sure. Everybody, all those, all the ticket links are going to be at DougAtTrussell.com. Clearly, you must go to this festival. Shane, thank you so much. I love chatting thank with you. Thank you, man. my friend. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Hare Krishna. That was Shane Moss. Everybody, don't forget to get your tickets for the Mind Under Matter Campout Festival. Links are going to be at DuncanTrussell.com. A big thank you to all our sponsors, and thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Until then, Hare Krishna.